This is News Talk on the VOCM Bigland FM radio network. The views and opinions on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your News Talk host, Linda Swain. Well, good Friday afternoon, everyone. This is News Talk. I'm not Linda Swain, clearly. I'm Brian Callahan. And uh, in for Linda once again today on this um, cool-off Friday, really. It's been a little bit more uh, temperate, a little bit more this morning, walking back and forth downtown, a bit of showers. It's quite nice. I'm just fine with that. A lot of dry, hot weather this week, and it's good for the yard, good for the flowers, good for the plants, good for just to wake you up. Uh, the uh, the humidity and the and the uh, heat this week, it can get to you over time. You may not notice it in the moment if you're not um, if you're just going about your daily business. But at the end of the day, by you can feel a little bit more bagged than usual. So um, I know I have been, but today was a like kind of a refresher. A shower will do that. Yeah. Well. You know, I remarked yesterday, ill-advised, mind you, how the police blotter, as we used to call it back in the day, was thankfully a little quieter than the day before, given Wednesday we had two lockdowns, two different communities, Spaniards Bay and Swift Current, still looking for 36-year-old Tony Farrell, by the way, uh, who's still at large and considered dangerous, uh, and from what we know, we haven't been told otherwise, still armed and dangerous, so... You, uh, you know, we've had uh, the gentleman's photo up on our website, so um, quite recognizable, and uh, through other media now, so by now quite recognizable. So if you see him, 911, uh, simplest way there. And, well, today's, as I mentioned, I probably shouldn't have mentioned yesterday because today she's on wheels again. Um, I feel like I just jinxed the pitcher. <laughs> you did it. While he had a no-hitter going, uh, didn't I? Yep. Thanks, yeah, Fonce, it's like um, as soon as I said yesterday and here we are today. So we've got a, another troubling, really troubling uh, speed incident involving speed and not just speed but excessive speed 165 kilometers an hour a gentleman was doing on brookfield road in here in st john's on brookfield road yeah now that's as narrow and as wow you know um uh, white knuckle as it gets sometimes mm-hmm. when you're coming within a mirror's distance from a, the car next to you it's a narrow road it kind of falls off to the side a yep. bit and there's still some pretty good uh, hydroplaning tracks there lulls and road so if you're not both hands on the wheel it's all bad enough but you got a guy coming 165 the other way and not only that slams into several vehicles in a a, a parked vehicles Um, it's just by the grace of God so it was a a red minivan this happened on April the 26th by the way and um, the uh, a 39 year old man from CBS has been charged but I I just bring it up because it's as, as careful as a driver as you are and you think you are and you and I'm pretty safe driver I don't have an accident on my record and so, you know, it's it, it, careful as you are sometimes, but you just got to hope you're not in the wrong place at the wrong time. There was another one, Fonce, there um, that the RNC is looking into earlier the week on the intersection of Pine Line and and uh, Logie Bay Road. Oh, yeah. Where, you know, there's kind of a blind corner if you're coming off Pine Line. Mm-hmm. And it's a 60 the other way, or 50 and 60. And if uh, it's all fine, that, that's why the design, the intersection is designed that way to be able, if you can see both ways, you should be able to get out if everybody's doing the speed limit. Providing somebody's not doing <laughs> 160. Or 130 in this case. Wow. Coming 19-year-old guy, and then he slammed into it. And it's amazing that there were no, it wasn't a fatal. And that's just by luck. So I, I, I mention it because I don't think you can ever talk enough about safe driving because it, uh, it can do more than just ruin your day. It can ruin a life. Uh, and many lives and uh, I cover a lot of court and I see it every day so you're driving now Friday afternoon there's lots of commercials out there about you know do your best just to get home safe 
ease off, boys. You know, what's the rush? Changing lanes like Mario Andretti right. out on Kemal Road now to get where? And to get how much faster there? So, uh, <laughs> I don't mean to preach, but boys, oh boys. Do you remember the movie Get Shorty? Oh, yes. There's a great line at the end of that. Joe Pesci shows up, and I can't remember what kind of car, but a fancy car, and he's there early, and they're all waiting for John Travolta. John Travolta pulls up, and I think, like, a Cadillac at the end, and, like, Pesci's, like, freaking out, like, why are you so late? Why are you so late? And he's like, if you're important... They'll wait. <laughs> and oh, everybody exactly. waited for him because he's important. So that's how I treat myself. If I'm late, it's because I'm important. You're important, Fonz. You're important to me. I Have, am. Really important to me at the moment. <laughs> Let's get to the first break on purpose. If there's no, if it's dead here, I'm sunk. Um, and what did I was? Oh, yes. I made that reference to, uh, it's like jinxing a pitcher when they got a no-hitter going. You just don't mention it. And you don't talk to them. Well, uh, I'll never miss a chance to talk baseball here. And uh, so just back to sports for a minute. It will be showtime, or should I say Shohei time, in Toronto tonight as the Jays uh, do a three-game set against the Angels, host the Angels for three games. Lots of interest in this one, of course. Some are thinking the outcome of the series could dictate what happens to the best player in baseball right now, Shohei Otani, uh, whether he might be traded or rented for the rest of the season. But the Angels nixed that this week. They say they're keeping him, and in fact, they're buyers. They, they're all in. They, uh, they're making a run for the playoffs. They're three games back of the Jays, but they also have to uh, leapfrog the Red Sox and the Yankees. So they got the work cut out for them, but... Uh, you know, the Jays have to uh, make a stand, take a stand and make a statement here this weekend against them if they want to show that they're all in as well. I mean, they're all in, obviously, uh, arguably underperforming, but then so has every other team in the American League East, including the Tampa Rays, who fell right out of first and gave it up to Baltimore, the surprise in the uh, East right now. Anyway, enough of that. Big series this week. And, of course, unfortunately, if you uh, unless you have Apple TV Plus or MLB TV or tickets to the game, Fonzie, you got tickets? I do not. And have a really tickets. fast airplane? I do oh. not. No, and I'm busy anyway. Oh, okay, so you're busy. Help. Yeah, I'd be too busy too if someone called up and said they're available. But um, uh, you won't be able to watch it live, uh, otherwise, because uh, um, it's uh, on the Apple TV Plus. They do this from time to time throughout the season, usually on Friday night games. Um, you know, as others try to, other networks try to build up, or other platforms try to build up subscriptions and lure viewers away from the mainstream. Funny how quiet the networks get, like Sportsnet and that. They don't really talk about where that game is tonight and nope. the fact that they don't have it because they have all the other ones. Um, they don't come right out and say it. Um, they're not broadcasting the game, of course, because uh, they got to say who it is. Otherwise, they have to say who it is if they right. talk about it. Um, anyway. That's the sports little chat. And again, you know, we'll take a call on that anytime on the Jays or anything else you're waiting for or, uh, that uh, happens to, um, you know, uh, grab your interest on this Friday afternoon. Trying to keep it a little bit light. But coming up, the man behind the massive Galway development, uh, no stranger to you and I. Oh, and also a former premier of the province, Danny yeah, he, Williams. Yeah, he did that too for a while, didn't he? Yeah, it's some, I uh, vaguely recall. Yeah. Um, that's right after the break here on News Talk. Start your day off right. Get the latest updates on news, traffic, and weather conditions. Plus, interviews with today's newsmakers. Your go-to source before you get on the go. 5.30 to 9 a.m. weekdays. Your VOCM mornings. Welcome back to the program. Brian Callahan in for Linda Swain here on this uh, Friday afternoon. So the new Galway development in St. John's, which I guess expands the city to the south. East, I guess. South. South, yeah. Southeast. Yeah, towards, yeah, Southwest. the other side of Pitts Memorial and down to the uh, 
the south of the Trans-Canada Highway, so out that way, but out east like that and down a bit south. But in any event, continues to grow in leaps and bounds with new additions seemingly every day that I'm out there. Well, I'm not out there very often. I go out there. What do you go out there? I mostly for Costco right now still. I'm there for Costco. Princess Auto. I skipped through that place. That place is a lot of fun. Uh, (laughs) I pass by by Galway every other day. It's where I get my gas mostly. I just, uh, the the three rotaries in a row, or we call them, they call them rotaries in Nova Scotia. I'm sorry. The roundabouts. Roundabouts, yep. Uh, I can get, I have no problem with roundabouts, but the full stop people in front of me (sighs) give me the willies. But And, um, And the people who are trying to race through it like they're going through on rails. Just oh, yeah. take your time. Everybody will get yeah. through. More Mario Andretti's. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, the other thing I found out the other day, Pizza Hut. I know. There's a pizza. I'm sorry. Shameless promotion. I'm, I can't I, get over. I, I was a regular at Pizza Hut on Tops of Road. I never went as much to the other location. Wasn't out there as long. But the one on Tops of Road I went to for... That was my regular go-to. I can't wait. That's I, one thing. I, I loved the, the Book It program. Now, I'm a bit younger than you. So through the early, late 80s, early 90s, if you read books, you could get a personal pizza at Pizza <laughs> Hut. And, man, that was that was a big deal every month to make sure you read a couple of books so you could go I get your free pizza. I didn't know that. What if you write one? I, I, if you write, they'll probably give you an, <laughs> a large one with some extra toppings. Maybe cheese in the crust. Who knows? Sky's the limit. Okay, I know I know what I want for supper, but I can't have because it's not open yet, that no. Pizza Hut. But um, anyway, uh, of course, uh, the new Galway development, uh, Ducor, is behind the Galway development, as well as a slew of other real estate developments, golf courses, sports teams, charitable organizations, of course. And, of course, Ducor is owned and operated by a businessman, lawyer, and former premier, Danny Williams, whom I spoke with just a short time ago. And I began asking him, uh, what's new? Well, we've got we've got a lot of things happening. Uh, I guess probably the most significant that uh, people are seeing, you know, on weekends as they drive out over the highway is a new underpass, and that underpass obviously is not only serving Galway but it's serving the uh, the heavy construction industry on the other side of the road. Uh, but it's a significant development, and of course, with the coming out of that underpass, we've gotten we've just actually had some significant land sales uh, in the industrial park in Galway. Armour Transportation has a a very large building, of course, which is well under construction now. It started last year. And recently, in the past month or so, we've got uh, one four-acre land sale on the corner and two more now pending. So there's a lot of focus and a lot of interest and a lot of activity uh, on the industrial side. You know, you drive through. I drive through periodically. I do the Costco thing, really. That's all I really have to go there for right now. I'm right downtown, so um, so I'll go to the east end for now. But um, there, it's just, uh, it seems to be growing in leaps and bounds, like, overnight. Yeah, really, it really has. We're really kind of, the momentum has really started to kick in in Galway. You know, COVID slowed it down for absolutely everybody and every field of business, uh, business and industry, of course. But but since then, for example, I had a, a, an international retailer in there on Monday, and we came over the crest of the hill by the water tower, and he looked down at uh, at Costco and said, my God, I can't believe what I'm, what I'm seeing here on a Monday morning. Mm. And, of course, the parking lot was blocked. And, of course, that's, that's drawing other retailers. And as well, you know, on the fast food side, uh, you know, we right now we have uh, five guys, which is pending. We're just waiting on a building permit. They're ready to go. Uh, Mary Brown's have acquired land on the new parcel of land that's just out of that area. Uh, the uh, Pizza Hut is opening next month, and uh, you know August, and uh, so there's there's a lot of activity. 
Uh, Bogart's Jewelers are in there. Mark's work warehouse is being completed. So you're going to see a lot of new operations in the next 12 months in Galway, and it, it just seems to be steamrolling. The other thing I'm wondering is about underground. So, you know, initially, back in the day, when this was all being discussed, the contour was uh, the, the water tank and the tower and the water supply and all that sort of thing was an issue. Any issues there now and in the future? I mean, this is such a large development. Some years ago, we talked about the water um, water situation without Galway. So I'm wondering how it's been looking to you. No, looking fine, actually. The interesting thing on the water tower is actually we were required to commence that back in about 2014, really, which was a decade before that water tower would even be required. Uh, So we're way ahead of the game there. And, of course, there's provision for two more towers to go in there as capacity is required. But the thing with Galway, a lot of the capital infrastructure was front-end loaded. So we had a significant expenditure in there up front to put in, obviously, the roads and the water and sewer and sanitary and, and all of that. So, no, we're, we're way ahead of the game. And, and as well, you know, the, from a climate change perspective, uh, we've got a lot of protected areas in there. The wetlands have been preserved. Uh, we've got, I think, in excess of 150 acres of just protected natural area alone, which is one contiguous piece, notwithstanding any other individual wetlands. And then we have several uh, storm detention ponds, a large one which you can see from the highway as you make the turn out mm-hmm. of Trans-Canada down towards Galway and Mount Pearl. That's our biggest one, but there are several of those around the property. So they're there for any kind of a water storm surge to alleviate any problems. So, you know, we're built for the future. We've got lots of room to grow, and we're growing. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things happening. There's, a, you know, a lot of interest in putting a, a quadruplex in Galway right now. We've... Uh, basically said to the to the people who are going to looking at building that that we will provide 10 acres of land which is a significant chunk of land at no cost to get that going but there's a huge demand for a need for more ice surfaces uh hockey surfaces and of course uh, uh curling surfaces well you took as the, well yeah you took just took the next word i'm wondering what's the word on a curling surface obviously what after what happened with Bally haley uh, it's at a premium, and we want to grow the sport. I mean, look what Brad's done for it, and and, and the girls have done. I mean, it's growing in leaps and bounds if they only have space. What's the word? Is has anyone approached you directly about that? Yeah, well, Brad actually has been directly involved with. I mean, what I agreed to do was surprise provide the land. So that's what that's what we're doing. It's Jack Lee's group uh, right. to put together a, a committee, and of course, you know, Brad has been very much a part of that. And of course, we also, you know, you got ball hockey, you got ladies hockey. You've got sledge hockey, uh, notwithstanding, you know, recreation hockey and minor hockey. So the demand is enormous. And, of course, the other rinks in the city are aging. They're fully occupied. Uh, and some of them have been considered for yeah, future land development. So this is a, you know, a modern new age facility that's really badly needed. So I think you know, we, if, if that's done, which I feel it is going to be done, there will be several hockey rinks as well as, as curling rinks as well. So. That'll fill it badly needed, and that'll be that would be truly a regional facility, sure. not as much as much as St John's facility. Yeah, I was going to say it's funny we never even mentioned his last name. He's like Madonna now. We just say Brad. Yes, it is so true. Isn't One it? name, yeah, Prince. Been, uh, yeah. We're so proud of him. I mean, like, I mean, where where he's taken <laughs> the sport, and now yeah. to only have one major curling facility in in the. Uh, in the city is sad so there's a big need for another facility uh besides sports what about arts and uh, entertainment theater anything like that in the offing not yet i think we're going to get the critical mass on the housing side in there now where residential is now just starting to get built up and you know elliot homes are leading the way in there on that right now but as the residential community opens up then i think you'll see 
some you know arts facilities or there's actually nothing right now in the hopper and not that we wouldn't want one there because we'd welcome one uh but it might be just a few years premature and the second thing is of course the the uh, route in from southlands there's southlands boulevard extension right has basically been built as a from a ground course the surface asphalt hasn't been put on it yet in the final grading but once that opens up, which will be in the not-too-distant future, then all of Southlands will be connected into Galway as well. So right now, there's probably, well, well in the sky, of 5,000 people, probably 52, 5,300 people in Southlands alone. So that then will take will create a critical mass where, you know, that'll be a satellite. Those two two, two areas will be satellite community uh, to themselves. Uh, you mentioned earlier we continue to talk about how it's growing. How far can Galway grow? I mean, what what are the boundaries? And I know wetlands and other things all considered, that's within. But how large can it become? And can you kind of put it on a a comparison with another town or of comparable size? Well, it, it, from a population perspective, the populations have, have varied, and I, I can't tell the actual, you know, the acreage from, from Gander's perspective, but, you know, the original site of Galway is 2,500 acres. Uh, now, if you take out even as much as 30 or 40 percent for highways and infrastructure, for roads and infrastructure and wetland and protected national, uh, natural areas, you know, there'd be at least 1,500 acres of developable property in there. Uh, you know, so another major, major initiatives in there would be the need for school eventually and also health and wellness. The, uh, the, we'd be looking at uh, possible facilities for Eastern Health out there because the location of Galway is, you know, is at the junction of the Conception mm-hmm. Bay Highway. Southern Shore runs up that way, uh, Outer Ring Road, Harbour Arterial Road, and the Trans-Canada. Yeah, yeah like schools, uh, hospitals. I mean, uh, when you get to that size, and even the police, I mean, I'm sure there, you've considered, I mean, you know, uh, we all know the stresses on the, on the resources, but I mean, I'm sure the RNC would be interested or might require one out there with that kind of population and extra space. Right, and, and of course, and, and as well with you know the other commun- neighboring communities around too, with CBS and Paradise are all, we're all that's all neighboring together on the whole the whole Galway. So the Galway Galway's kind of right in the center of like, the intersection of all those mm-hmm. areas. But you know, for you know, on the medical facilities now, as the provincial government is looking at new medical facilities, uh, you know, that's an ideal spot for anything that's coming in the highway or trying to get a short yeah. access to uh, primary care facilities. We, we're, right now, actually, we have the the Galway Wellness Center which is there and there last at last count there's probably eight GPs going into that building and at least four specialists right that will be operating out of that building so that's quite a significant uh, significant you know uh, health facility uh, Danny Williams there's lots I'd like to talk to you about there's probably people screaming at the radio now asking me to but uh, that's uh, all the time we got for you but um, thanks really appreciate this uh, maybe some other day on some other more uh, uh, interesting topics <laughs> absolutely anytime anytime indeed okay I'll hold on to that um, that is Danny Williams of course former premier and um, the owner-operator of Ducor, which is behind the massive Galway development, which continues to grow and uh, add um, businesses. Of course, big plans there, as the former premier noted, for everything from health that's going to be needed for a population out there. Um, you mentioned, of course, 
importantly, of course, GPs going into the medical clinic and other areas like that. So uh, great update. Really appreciate his availability to uh, update us on that today. Coming up after the break, um, as Monty Python used to say, something completely different. Uh, the Rolling Barrage is uh, going into its seventh year of coast-to-coast motorcycle riding and awareness. And this is, of course, to combat the stigma associated with PTSD and other mental health-related concerns of uh, members of the Canadian Armed Forces, but beyond that as well. And they're returning to Newfoundland again since the inaugural event, actually back in 2017. Fonce, you familiar with this? No, not really. The Rolling Barrage, yeah, it's named after the first, you know, uh, back in the First World War One, mm-hmm. in First World War One, in World War One. I. <laughs> I know what you meant. A technique of creeping, you know, up to yeah. uh, to avoid the barrage of uh, German gunfire and machine guns. Well, uh, the Rolling Barrage is going to be um, rolling into St. John's uh, next week and across the province. And I'm going to talk to someone involved with that event right after the break. This is News Talk. I'm Brian Callahan in for Linda Swain right back after the news. Stay informed and have your say on the news of the day with your VOCM. Join Linda Swain weekday afternoons from 4 to 5 p.m. for an hour of talk and discussion with decision makers and listeners like you. News Talk on your VOCM. Welcome back to the program uh, for Friday afternoon. Uh, Fonts, can I just go back to that uh, traffic note for a moment? Did sure. you say, let's see, where is that again at oh, the I intersection know. of Groves and Mount Style? Uh, yeah, there was a, somebody tweeted out that there was a uh, two-vehicle collision, Mount Style Road, Groves Road intersection. I have personal experience with that. I had a, I lived, we lived yeah. on Groves Road for a few years, and that intersection, of course, if you go straight out of Groves Road, you go right across onto uh, O'Brien's Farm Road, right, which used to be the extension of Oxenpon, which is the mm-hmm. dirt road there that they grade from now and then, right. But that's a wild intersection because you have people coming down the steep Mount Sile, yep, and they don't <laughs> use brakes there. I was there yesterday. Yeah, and you have others coming up around, kind of a blind turn. Mm-hmm. And if you have two coming out the other intersections at the same time, it is nasty. Yep. No, I, I was I was there yesterday. Pulled out. I was back and forth two or three times, and uh, pulling out was a, uh, I, I won't say treacherous, mm-hmm. but you got to you you head on a swivel. It's like we were talking about earlier. If a car coming the other way is going way above the speed limit, you don't have a chance anyway. Nope. So nope. best to wait till there's nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, back to the show. Rolling Barrage. Uh, that's going into its seventh year coast to coast. If you're not familiar with this, so um, this was envisioned by a gentleman by the name of Scott Casey back in 2016, who, you know, dreamed up the idea of an annual cross-country motorcycle ride and a premise, of course, to fight the stigma around PTSD which is real and you know I was going to say you don't have to tell anyone who has it but anyone who has people relatives friends who do suffer from PTSD of various types and this particular program to raise funds for you know programs organizations to help Canadian forces members veterans first responders serving or retired and it's you know to basically put in a fund together to, to obtain treatment to live with the mental health injuries that many of them um, uh, obtained during their service to Canada around the world. Um, it was established in 2017 and um, this year they start here in St. John's on Monday. Monday. Um, they're gearing up this weekend and I spoke with uh, Warren Cave who is on the uh, board of directors for the annual event. So, Warren, thanks very much for making time today. Uh, just tell people who may not be as familiar as you and, and uh, others are, what is the Rolling Barrage? Well, the Rolling Barrage is a, a, a motorcycle ride uh, that was founded in 2017. And the whole uh, concept is to, to make some noise 
and normalize the conversation about PTSD so that uh, veterans and first responders that are, you know, afflicted with it and struggling and fighting with it uh, don't feel that they can't come forward. We want people to be able to come forward, get the help that they need uh, in order to, you know, save lives because uh, that's really what it comes down to. There, there have been so many uh, veterans and first responders that have experienced, you know, horrific things. And at, at the end of the day, they, they've had a lot of difficulty dealing with that in their own minds. And, you know, without help, that's, that's unfortunately uh, what can be the result is, uh, is suicide. Yes, and unfortunately, we all, someone knows, and it's all too common uh, today, uh, people who hide it and, and just, um, I guess, it, you know, in some ways it goes back to the, you know, the old machoism, you know, that came with being a soldier, didn't it? Back in the day, you'd be just, you know, uh, whether or not you were any kind of first responder, even in the police force, you know, if you let on that you were having trouble, it was a sign of weakness, and uh, and that seems like may have manifested itself a lot in, you know, in the years before uh, the push to de- erase that stigma uh, emerged as it is now. So events like yours are so important. Um, do you see that, you know, the involvement of the days of, uh, you know, you just didn't uh, let on that you were suffering? Well, that's exactly right. And, uh, you know, I, I suffer from PTSD myself. Uh, I've, I've done a few tours in Bosnia and Afghanistan. Um so it, you know it is difficult. It's it's a step that needs to be taken, and and it's really the the very hardest step, and it's the first step is to ask for help because you know without it, all too often uh, things don't go well. And, and you know we're concentrating on veterans, uh, serving members, and first responders, and and all of that community. But I mean this goes for everybody in everyday life as well. If you experience something that's just not normal to to experience. Yeah, and it sticks with some more than others, but ultimately it never leaves you. Um, what? Um, so how does, you know, an event like, or, or not an event, but annual now, I think since 2017, is that right? That's correct, yeah. And so how does an event like this help? Uh, well, there's a, a couple of different ways. Uh, first off, I'll say for myself, the ride itself is is therapeutic uh, in its own way. You're... you're alone with your thoughts or your music, whatever it is you choose to do uh, during the ride. And, you know, at the stops, the lunches, the evenings where we often have dinner events uh, planned, you, you get an opportunity to speak with other people that have experienced similar things and, you know, are, are not going to judge anybody for what they might say. And, I mean, you can listen, you can talk, you can go back to your room if that's what you like to do. So it starts that conversation now you know other ways uh we collect funds and we support places uh that also support you know they're aligned with what we want to do which is to support veterans first responders dealing with ptsd for instance there's a uh a retreat out in nova scotia rally point retreat and folks can just come out there with their family disconnect from the internet and and do lots of different activities that they have out there. And, you know, they've found that to be fairly successful for uh, for some veterans. Yeah, you said a key thing there, disconnect uh, from the Internet and everything else. You know, it's uh, that break can never be um, over uh, overemphasized. Um, getting that, so you mentioned the Nova Scotia. Let's get into where you're going to be. So I'm looking at the uh, countdown on your website, four days yeah. till you kick off here in St. John's. Is that right? That's right, yeah. 
on the 1st of August, we're going to kick off. And uh, then our second night's going to be in Gander. We've got a few stops along the way. I believe we're having lunch in Placentia at the Legion there. An opportunity there to, to meet up with some local folks. Right. And, uh, and on to the West Coast, you want to just give us a little snapshot of where else you'll be? From Gander, uh, we'll be headed down, really sticking, not exactly on, but pretty close to the, the Trans-Canada, uh, all the way down to Port of Bass. And we'll have uh, an evening meal there on the 2nd and then board the uh, the nighttime ferry over to North Sydney. How many uh, riders are we talking about now? How, how many have you got registered, or how many are you anticipating by uh, month, by the 1st? Well, currently we've got uh, 38 motorcycles that are registered to go from coast to coast. So that that's starting that are actually starting in Newfoundland. Now there's about four to five more that are going to join us in North Sydney that are also going to go all the way to Vancouver. Uh, they'll do their dip in the Atlantic uh, just out of North Sydney instead of over here. Mm-hmm. And then we've got it broken down into legs and then how many riders, but there's there's over 100 on some of the legs that are registered already. And typically a lot of our ridership and registration, especially for the shorter lengths, you know, where people are joining for one or two or three days, uh, those are kind of a walk-up thing or the day before they'll register. Uh, a lot of folks like to see what the weather's going to be like before they hop on, right? Yeah, it makes total sense. Um, do you, so let's just say I'm listening. I happen to be listening and I'm a rider and boy, it just, this just makes sense. It appeals. It works for me. What's the quickest and most, uh, uh, easiest way for me to, to sign up or, or, or get involved? Well, you take a look at the website, www.therollingbarrage.com. And on there you'll find registration. You'll find, um, all the route guide telling us are telling you exactly where we're going to be on what days at what time and uh that's a that's a good start right there i i can tell you that on the 31st um we're going to be doing a day ride here just around st john's we're going to go out to cape spear we're going to go to government house uh pleasantville legion we're going to have some lunch there i do believe great and uh then we're going to do uh little stop at the Trail of the Caribou Memorial Park. And we're also going to be at Rugged Rock Harley-Davidson. They've been a fantastic sponsor, helping us out with all of the guys bringing their bikes that were uh, trucked in, getting them uncrated and set up. Uh, So big kudos to uh, Basil and the crew down there at uh, Rugged Rock Harley-Davidson. Yeah, no kidding. No problem with that shout-out. And uh, last but not least, you know, people might wonder where did the name Rolling Barrage come from? I I understand it's uh, from the technique, you know, soldiers used in even the First World War in, in sort of the, the creeping barrage. Is that basically the, the, uh, the premise? That's exactly right. So uh, back in Vimy Ridge, uh, the Canadian artillery... Uh, well, the, the artillery in general, that was the, the Allied Forces artillery, were dropping rounds just in front of the Canadian troops, mm. and they advance on the line behind the artillery barrage until they uh, reached the objective and took the objective. So uh, that being one of the biggest things that was uh, considered to be the birth of Canada, uh, where we really held our own on the international stage, Um uh, 2017 actually also coincided with the anniversary of Confederation, so it was a it was important that 2017 be uh, the year that the Rolling Barrage kicked off. And Scott Casey, our founder, 
he he gathered the troops and and got a group of volunteers, a lot of them that he had worked with uh, in the Royal Canadian Regiment, and he got the team together and they did a lot of planning and a little bit of time and I think they had seven uh, riders that started at Flat Rock here in Newfoundland and made their way across to uh, Victoria, British Columbia. That's Warren Cave. He's on the board of directors for the uh, annual Rolling Barrage. Great name. It gets your attention. Uh, Rolling Barrage, which basically rolling motorcycles, going to roll coast to coast, seventh year for this now, uh, to uh, raise awareness and funds, of course, to help people, uh, particularly um, retired or active duty Canadian Armed Forces uh, uh, members and other first responders as well. Uh, to combat that stigma that's still associated with PTSD and, you know, any other mental health-related concerns as well. So can't have enough of these great causes for that cause. Um, let's see. We're going to take a, a short break here, just a little over the time for uh, the last break here on News Talk today, and we'll be right back. Your voice in Newfoundland and Labrador's biggest conversation. If you want to know what's happening in your province, tune in to Open Line every day. Have your say weekday morning starting at 9 a.m. on Open Line with Patty Daly on your VOCM. Welcome uh, back to the program, into the home stretch, but finishing touches on this Friday, summer, dead middle of summer edition of News Talk with uh, something a little lighter now, much lighter, in fact. And I take you back to Wednesday's annual garden party at Government House. VOCM's um, uh, Jerry Mackey was there, and it was a beautiful day. And my mom loves to go to this every year as well. And uh, they had the weather this year for sure. And last year, I remember being there last year for it. First, they were just creeping out of the covid uh, situation and people were returning to the grounds and by all accounts great crowd great turnout this year uh, so uh, let's take you to Geraldine Mackey on uh, Wednesday and first up her chat with um, their honors uh, Lieutenant uh, Governor Judy Foote and her husband Howard absolutely wonderful and for people to be able to come and gather on the grounds of government house is something we've been promoting in the five years that we've been here and they've taken us seriously so here we are now at our guess this is our fifth garden party and uh, it's just wonderful to have people turn up and take part if i may compliment your top hat sir Thank you so much. <laughs> now, is that part of it, the decorum or the dress code? Yes, I think so. Uh, uh, as you know, in the royal family, uh, on events like this, they usually wear top hats. <laughs> yeah. That's true. And what do you think? A great turnout. It is. And we so appreciate all of the entertainment. So you, you've got the CLB band, who you just heard behind us. But you're going to see a, a lineup of entertainment. I think we have four. They all volunteer their time and talent, which is absolutely wonderful because they know how important this is for people to come together and enjoy each other's company. And, of course, after what we've gone through with COVID, this is a safe space. It's an open environment. And people come and just want to be able to enjoy themselves. And that's what we offer here. We offer that on the grounds of Government House and not just at the garden party, but with all of our wellness breaks. And we have now have four wellness breaks a week. Well, there's just so much going on here now. The grounds are very welcoming. I, I, what do you think about people walking through here in the daytime, you know, out on their morning walk? It's wonderful. And, uh, and of course, they're encouraged to walk their pets because uh, we're big dog lovers. But it's, uh, it's so uplifting. And to see people out there walking, taking the time for physical activity, but it's also good for their mental health. And that's important to us to make sure that people know these grounds belong to them 
and uh, they get to walk here, they get to relax here, uh, and the grounds belong to the people of Newfoundland and Labrador, so why not? What do you most look forward to about the garden party? Meeting all the individuals who come, and if you notice, they're dressed in their finest hats and their fascinators, even the children. And we love it when um, parents bring their children and grandparents bring their children. It's introducing them to another element of life. You know, come, dress up, have fun while you're doing it. It's not meant to be overly serious. It's meant to be a fun time, and that's what we're about. What's the highlight for you? Oh, the highlight. I'm, I'm looking forward to the, uh, the inter entertainment a little later on. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Thank you both so much for taking time. It's, um, it's such an honor to speak to both of you. Well, thank you for coming here. We appreciate that, and we really appreciate the support that the media have given us uh, to get the message out about these grounds belong to the people of Newfoundland and Labrador and encouraging people to come here either to walk or to take part in the wellness breaks or to be here for the garden party or whatever they want to come. As long as we all respect the grounds, people are encouraged to use them. That is uh, Her Honor, Lieutenant Governor Judy Foote, and, of course, with her, her husband, Howard Foote, at the uh, annual Garden Party at Government House this week. Uh, but Jerilyn Mackey, she didn't stop there. She took a stroll around and did what we in the business call a streeter and had a chat with some people on the grounds. Elizabeth Horwood. I'm an aide-de-camp for the Lieutenant Governor, Judy Foote. As a young brownie and then a girl guide, I came to serve sandwiches and cookies. So it's a real pleasure to be here now in this capacity. Tell me about some of your reflections on those days coming uh, In those days, all the men wore top hats and the women wore hats with flowers and long dresses and there was a big receiving line. And as a little girl, I felt it was the biggest moment in my life. I mean, today, how has it changed? Not as much as one would think. People still love to come and to share their time together and to meet her honor and his honor and spend some time with them, which I think is really, really relevant in these days. Denise. Denise, what brings you here today? I'm one of her honors, aide de camp. It's a wonderful event. It's a tradition for Government House. Uh, it's an opportunity to come out and welcome everybody here. Her Honor loves to see as many people as possible. And, I mean, did it happen last year? It did, oh. and it was, wasn't as hot. And we still had, I think, 900 people come by. How many are you expecting today? Uh, we're hoping a bit more. So I hope the word got out and the weather is not going to keep people at home. It's a beautiful day. There's entertainment. And Her Honor would love everybody to come down and enjoy the afternoon. Really nice. And as we are in the garden, I'm starting to pick up on the floral scents from the flowers. And I notice you're wearing a beautiful hat yourself. Could you describe it for our listeners? Oh, it's just a white hat to match my dress with great big peonies, pink peonies. And it's so much fun to come here and wear a hat in the spirit of uh, helping Her Honor enjoy the day. Oh, I think it's just absolutely beautiful. I'm here with a group, IFL, that's International Friendship League, and there's a bunch of us here and enjoying it. From you come every year? Try to, very do. I do. I love it. So what are you looking forward to about today? 
everything, looking at the grounds, meeting people, everything, everything. I got pictures last year with her and I hope we get another one this year. Hi, my name is Jocelyn Costello. And tell me who you're here with. I am here with my two beautiful grandchildren, Nate and Allie Wilson. And this is our first time attending this wonderful event. And we're quite excited to see what's going to happen here today. Okay, so you're not from here? No, I live in Mexico most of the time, and I come back to babysit my four wonderful grandchildren every summer. Wow, so how does it feel to be here today? Oh my God, so exciting because I've known uh, the Lieutenant Governor, Her Honorable Miss Foot uh, for many years when I worked at Department of Education and we were neighbors in Mount Pearl in the same neighborhood so it's, it's nice hopefully I'll get to connect because when you don't live here and you're only here for summers it's, you know it's hard to run into people right but uh, yeah so we're here today to have some fun and see what this is all about because I'm retired from the Premier's office in Yukon so I know all about politics and you know we have a commissioner in Yukon we don't have a lieutenant governor tell me a little bit about you know the dress code that you're you're following today oh well I just got back from Calgary and I bought this dress at Winners because I had my 50th high school reunion Friday night just turned 67 well you look fantastic (laughs) and the fascinator I mean why make sure you have the fascinator well I bought these in England for our tea parties and then when we get together yeah it's awesome. She's got the dress at Winners, Fonts. Um, that's where I get my dresses as well, by the way. I bet it had pockets. I'll bet it had pockets as well. Um, I see those Winners commercials like, oh, you didn't get got it at Winners. <laughs> um, I'm not so sure the Lieutenant Governor. Maybe the Lieutenant Governor's dress from Winners, too. Who knows? But I want to thank Gerilyn Mackey for uh, getting me that gold tape from the garden party. You never know. And that's great. She uh, lives her most of her life in Mexico and comes home to babysit the grandkids in the summer. That's a nice deal, I must say. Sounds like a good arrangement. Yeah, while the parents go and get their uh, much-needed breaks. Speaking of much-needed breaks... Uh, we got a weekend coming up. Any plans there, uh, Fonts? I'm working. I'm shooting. Uh, so I'm shooting a wedding tomorrow. So shout out to uh, Lana and Eric. Yes, in your other job. In my other job. Uh, other business. In my other business, right? So, but I'm really excited because I've built something that I'm rolling out tomorrow for the very first time. It's a 360 degree video booth that's oh, fully accessible. So it's basically a camera that's attached to a motor and it spins around the guests and records them in slow motion and then I'll add that to their wedding video. Fantastic. So you get a full uh, 360 well full 360 view of yeah. the entire space instead of having to yeah. monitor around yourself. That's right. pretty yeah. great. That's pretty cool. Great. Yep. I've uh, got a busy old weekend myself but we won't get into that because <laughs> that could take a little while but look we're coming up to uh, the end of News Talk for this week. Uh, regatta week next week. Regatta is on Wednesday yep. all things considered weather permitting. Uh, that's it for me here on News Talk this week, filling in for Linda Swain. Sarah Strickland's up next with the Day in Review. I'm Brian Callahan. Drive safely, arrive alive. VOCM cares.